Gun line, gun line, gun line. How's everybody doing out there? Hope all is well today. Thanks for joining me here on the Gunline Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Lopez, where we shoot the shit like we did in the past. So pop a squat, because about to get hot. We got a good one for you today. Today, I got a special guest. He was my old gunnery sergeant back in 2008 when I was stationed in Fort Stewart, Georgia, home of the Battle Kings, 1-9 Field Artillery. He had to be goddamn the youngest gunnery sergeant I ever had, because he couldn't have been more than 22 years old. At least he looked like a little kid. And uh, one thing I can tell you is this man is fucking country as shit. He's the one that introduced me to the Zach Brown band. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, this motherfucker did know a lot about artillery, though. And he didn't know he does know a lot about combat and a lot of civilian life now that he's been out of the army for about a good seven years. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and welcome to the podcast. My good old gunnery sergeant, Gunny Satterwhite or Smoke, whatever he wants to go by today. What's going on? How you doing today, man? What's up, D-Lo? Thanks for having me, man. I really like this uh, gun line thing that you got going on here. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. What's been good with you, man? Tell the, tell the world about yourself since not a lot of people know about you. And for those that don't, you know, what's your story, brother? So, well, like you said, I joined the Army when I was pretty young. I was only 17. Uh, like, just turned 17. And uh, it was before 9-11 happened, so I thought it was just going to be a breeze. <laughs> After basic training, AIT and Airborne School, 9-11 happened. And uh, it wasn't a breeze after that. No shit. But it's no big deal. You know, I went to Fort Riley, deployed with them. Went to Fort Stewart, deployed with them a couple times. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And out now, I did ACRC gig for a little bit after my deployments. That's where I left you guys at. Okay. That was, that was brutal. ACRC is brutal. When you have a bunch of senior non-commissioned officers all fighting for each other. Yeah. Man, brutal. No shit. And plus, you're trying to train, what, fucking reserve components and National Guards? So, which don't yeah. know their assholes from their elbows. <laughs> yeah, those guys, those guys were wild with headspace and time, and they didn't know nothing. <laughs> you have to teach them everything. I seen a guy one time doing headspace and time, and he was marking the barrel with a paint pen, and then he take the barrel off. What the fuck? What the fuck you doing, man? He said, "Oh, I'm I'm pre doing the headspace and timing. So if we gotta swap out the barrel, are you fucking kidding me? Don't work like that, Chief. A for effort, I guess. A for effort. <laughs> I mean, the, the thought was there. The thought process, just the technique is, it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Goddamn, right. man. So you said, uh, we've been out now, what, uh, seven years, right? Seven years. I got out in the uh, beginning of 2013, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, haven't shaved my beard since then. It's about 28 inches long. Yeah, for those of y'all that can't see this shit, it's a fucking really manly goddamn beard. It looks like a woman's head is upside down on his fucking chin. It's all yeah. fucking carrot top red. <laughs> yeah, wild. Hell yeah. So uh, let's see. What, what what made you join the army in the first place? Um, I was a little troublemaker. I got kicked out of school. Had to go to one of those uh, youth challenge academies. When okay. I was sixteen. Really, really military uh, background in that school. Okay. And uh, I got my GED when I was sixteen. Right. I didn't know what else I was going to do. I figured, well, I just made it through this. Army can't be that bad. <laughs> How'd you end up with 13 Bravo, though? I wanted to be, uh, I think I wanted to be a cab scout, but they didn't offer it to me in Airborne. Okay. I really wanted to go Airborne. I don't know why. I just thought it was a cool thing to do. <laughs> right. So I could do Airborne Artillery, and okay. uh, that's what I did. Of course, I never did Airborne Artillery. Only towed. Shit. Any experiences you missed from being in the military, man? I definitely missed. Oh, shit. Are we having technical difficulties? Okay, go ahead and talk again because uh, you broke up a little bit. 
I really miss the camaraderie of all the people uh, having just having a team. Yeah. But since I got out, I've also when I was still in the military, I joined a motorcycle club, and that really helped a lot with it too. Yeah. Because I'm in a veteran, I'm in a veteran motorcycle club, and all those guys had the same mindset. Okay. So that's one thing I really miss. I don't miss all the dumb shit. Man, there was some dumb shit. Boy, boy. I enjoyed getting uh, promoted higher and higher so I can try to affect what I could, and right. it wouldn't be as much dumb shit. <laughs> it was some dumb shit, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think anybody that's been in the Army more than a day knows that dumb shit in Army are, they, co- they live side by side next to each other. If it's smart, it ain't right. Army. Shit. Nope, nope. nope. Fuck, yeah. Let's see. Uh, what experiences stand out the most for you? You deployed a couple of times, right? Yeah, 2003 was the first one. Uh, I wasn't there for the initial invasion. We got there in September, I think. Yeah. First infantry division. Uh, we were attached to 82nd as their support in Ramadi. That was kind of crazy in 2003, 2004. Um, 2004, we were part of the April siege of Fallujah. Oh, shit. Uh, that was wild. Um I remember being over there when they caught Saddam Hussein thinking, oh, I'm, we're not going to be back in Iraq that much longer. I'll go ahead and ram list. This shit's cool. Ah, Got him, coach. <laughs> God damn. So out of all your deployments, which one do you think stood out the most? Uh, definitely the first one and the last one. So the last one, we were 2007, May of 2007. We were the final brigade of the presidential surge. He did oh, five, okay. five brigades. We were the fifth brigade. So they bumped our deployment time up early. Let me back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We came back from the second one. I decided to, uh, me and my wife decided to have a kid. Okay. You know, it's a good time to do it. Yes, sir. Um, we had it all timed out for my deployment schedule, and then they bumped us up. Mm. And we were supposed to leave May 25th. My daughter was due June 4th. Oh, wow. And uh, they're like, you can't, you can't stay back. You got to go fuck I got to go for? I'm going to miss Kuwait. Right. I've done it before. I've been there. I got that t-shirt. Um, <laughs> there's nothing I need to see in Kuwait. For real. I ended up having to do a congressional. Oh, on, no uh, shit. So I made dang. And they didn't answer until about two days before the main body left. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going. Ain't that about a bitch. Yeah. Well, at least they, you got to stay to see your, your baby born then. Yep. I got to stay and see my daughter born. And I left three days later. Okay. Uh, me and you may remember Sergeant Lawson. Lawson yep. was in the same position, so me and him flew over together. Okay, right. Which was on. cool because me and Lawson were just boys. We were tight as can be that whole whole deployment. Oh no shit. So damn, uh, Dang was there for a hot minute then. Dang was there for a while. He uh I did that congressional on him and then in Iraq, there was one time he was asking for all the E sixes where we wanted to go if we'd been there for a while. Right. And uh, I told him I wanted to go ACRC. Yeah. And he said, this the same Sergeant Satterwhite who wants to do a congressional hearing on me. <laughs> like, Man, fuck this guy. But, you know, I think I think Dang might have liked me because after we got back from that deployment, he sat on the um, promotion board. Oh, word. Two cats from one, one nine got picked up. Nice. Me and another cat. I didn't. I, I thought for sure Dang didn't like me. No but, shit. I mean, he had to know who I was when I came through that. Well, shit, I mean, your experience had to talk for itself, you know? Yeah, well, that deployment in 2007, the uh, platoon sergeant got got injured in the head. Oh. Uh, a guy named Smoke Davis. Oh, damn. And he was able to stay in country, but he couldn't wear a Kevlar. Oh, dale, okay. So he couldn't be out on patrols and stuff. He pretty much did a lot of the gun line work and right. beams and bullets and, and that kind of stuff. So I became... Uh, 
kind of filling the tunes aren't for right. the rest of the time there, the next 14 months. God damn. And like I said, I was pretty young. I was, I think I was 22. Yeah, you 23. were. I mean, I almost every soldier was older than me. Right. It was a, it was a crazy time. No uh, whiskey one, patrol base whiskey one. If anybody's ever heard of it. Oh, actually, it it's odd. funny that you mentioned that because, um, hell, when I first got there, that's all I heard about was whiskey one, whiskey one yep. this, whiskey one that. Like that was the, that was a, a, a place to remember. To say the least, I had never been there. I won't talk like I've been there, you know. But um, I just heard from stories I heard. It was a pretty rough time there. It really, really was. They uh, a lot of it, man. I don't want to put anybody on blast or say anything, but a lot of it seemed like some of those commanders they volunteered us for a bunch of stuff that we probably didn't have to do. Right. And right. Uh, but those OERs don't write themselves. Right. They they want to get that uh, chest candy too. They got to be out there. They got to be out there. And um, we did what we did. There was a guy who, Major Underwood, yeah. he was the, the battery commander. And uh, we kind of split it up. Some of the guys were shooting guns. Probably 60% of us were out doing whiskey one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Y'all were just patrolling out there or just up and down the roads? Well, or show right, force? So it, was, it was right off of Checkpoint 20 in, um, off MSR Tampa. That's where the patrol base was, and it was a school. So the first day that we went and took it, we were trying to get down the road, but we knew the IED or the road was IED'd. I wasn't there on the first three days. Okay. Like I said, I flew in. Right. I got to Camp Mamadia, and the guys were headed out on patrol that first day at Whiskey One. And I said, all right, I'll see you all when you all get back. Right. Well, they went down this, uh, this, this black road that hadn't been cleared yet. Sure enough, hit an ID. God damn. And, uh, they, they got to the schoolhouse. They had to stay there for about three days that first time. I was talking to a cat just the other day. He said, man, I didn't even have an extra pair of underwear or socks. Oh, and we were out there for three days. And remember, this was 2007. Yeah. It's supposed to be chill over there by then. <laughs> right? No, it was not. Uh, the first three days, if I recall correctly, there were three casualties. Fuck. Uh, and I remember thinking, whoa, fuck, this ain't, this ain't going to be good. For real. Yeah, it's like you know uh, that's a hell of a welcoming community. It is, and it sets the tone is. for the rest of the fucking deployment. You know, one cat got a mortar round hit the top of the Humvee, fucked his arm up. Another cat, the, the third day, got shot, but he may have gotten shot by five five six because it was kind of a small round. Shit, Shit happens. He got hit in the shoulder. RTD or or went home. Oh no, he stayed there, man. We used to like fucking poke his. We used to poke the hole with our fingers. It was pretty gross. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm telling you, you gotta have a fucking certain type of mentality to be in that in that line of work we were in, man. Yes, yes, man. Yeah. And so, you know, th- what I've noticed is a lot of the guys who are at Whiskey One, they they, they got hit pretty hard, man. Yeah. Um, it's affected them a long time after. So after that deployment, I went ACRC. Right. And ACRC was cool. You don't do anything. And I completely, my mind slowed down. Okay. For the last five years, I've been on a gun line. I've been on, you know, in country. Right. I'd always had soldiers. I was constantly busy doing something. Right. When I get the ACRC, I'm not doing nothing. My mind, my mind caught up with me. And that's when shit happens, too. You know, they they say that the idle mind is the devil's playground. And that is no fucking true statement right there. Man, it, uh, it got me. And I got myself in a little bit of trouble. Uh, got a DUI. 
uh, beat it basically. Yeah. But my sergeant major found out about it. Mm. They got me. Yeah. ASAP and all this other stuff. And I was talking to one of the doctors there, and they were asking me why I drink. Pretty simple why I drink. You know. <laughs> Self medicate. Right. Right. And if you want me to deal with the drinking, maybe we should uh, treat the other thing too. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to work on this PTSD. For real. So they put me in intensive outpatient program okay. or therapy. Five days a week, I was going to a civilian place in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And there were civilians in there and some military. The military guys stuck together. Civilians, we all made fun of. Of course. <laughs> but they, they wanted to give us drugs. Uh, they wanted to give us whatever you wanted. Anything you wanted. Xanax, Valium. Klonopin, Ativan, uh, Seroquel. I was on it all. Fuck. And my philosophy was, well, they're going to give me free drugs. Why not take them? Right. You know, life's not going so great in the military. These guys are, uh, these guys got me flagged. I was an E7 at the time, but they had me flagged. They, they deleted my orders. I was supposed to be going back to Stewart. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> full circle. Yeah. Our first time, our first sergeant at Patrol Base Whiskey One was a guy named First Sergeant Childers. Yeah, I remember him. And a few years later, he became the command sergeant major of 141. Oh, no shit. I was inbound to Fort Stewart. Yeah. He said, Bet, I got you, Smoke. Come on, you're coming over. You're going to be one of my first sergeant. I said, Man, I can't do that. I got like a year and a half time in grade. I can't do that. And he's like, I'm sergeant major. You can do what you want, or I can do what I want. <laughs> Damn, well, they deleted my orders, too. Oh, yeah. While I was clearing. Right. Oh, damn. Household goods gone. Me and my wife and kids are living in a camper. Right. Had my clearing papers, deleted all that shit. Wow. Damn, Army was trying to really fuck you. No Vaseline. So for a year and a half, we lived in a camper. Holy shit. Yeah. And hence the reason why I was I was really happy to take those free drugs they were giving me. Yeah, of and course. And just not know what was going on. You know, right? You were a year just, and a half of my life that's gone. After everything you've done for the fucking military, you know, yeah, you step on your dick one fucking time, but you know what? They're gonna judge you on that versus oh, everything else. You know, and I guess and we all know how it goes. I was a, uh, I was a twenty-five-year-old E seven, yeah, who still had ten years left in the army. I had bad TWR from that. You know, they yeah. gave me the notes. Um, I had a, a, a Gomar. Oh yeah, in my official file. Gotcha. Yeah, so your, your career was done. Your career was basically first done. person to get QMP. That was me, right? Because I can never get promoted ever again. Yep. It don't matter about the men's DOERs. I could bust out five years and get get new ones, mm-hmm. so they can't see them. They're always going to see that Gomar. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a fucking career ender right there. And again, it's fucked up because you're only as good as your last fuck up. And no matter <laughs> all the good shit you did. And a lot of fucking, you know, a lot of good NCOs got turned out that way, man. They got fucked over like that. And now that's why we have the army that we have now, which I hear isn't going so well. Not that there's a lot of, uh, there's not that there's not any good ones, but they got rid of a lot of really good ones. Right, 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 right. There's just a small handful of good ones left. Yeah. I mean, I could probably name you three that I know, and that's it. <laughs> Fuck. That's terrible. That is, man. That is. Shit. Well, then they, get, they kind of told me, they said... You know, you can be med boarded if you want to because you have, you know, severe PTSD mm-hmm. and uh, traumatic brain injury. 
Right. That was a little scary taking that that leap and saying, "Go ahead and let's do it." Right. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to give me zero percent. I didn't know if they were going to give me twenty percent. I had no idea. And then you got to swallow your pride on that too, because we came from the fucking uh, the time where they said, "Suck it up and drive on." Exactly. I mean, back in two thousand three to two thousand eight, you were an IED blast and you weren't bleeding. It didn't matter how unconscious you were. Drive on. Yep. Time to go. And that's how it was with everybody. Nowadays, not not saying nothing's wrong with it. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But a fucking couple rockets hit the lot or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. And they say 100 people fucking had to get evac'd. Right. Shit would have never happened in 2003. Fuck, it wouldn't have happened in 2009. I got my fucking bell rung out there in Mosul. Okay. And they're like, okay, they did a quick mace test. All right, RTD. <laughs> Fortunately, though, the guys are getting the help that they deserve yeah. and that they need. And I just... It's a little bullshit for the guys who did it fucking 15 years ago. Right. Uh, so when you so got out, so you were going through the, the, the med board process? The drugs were good. Yeah. The drugs were really good. I weighed 280 pounds, though. Um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know my family. Right. So I decided I was going to start smoking pot. Ah. I had two weeks left in the Army. I knew when I was getting out. <laughs> I knew a cat who was our urinalysis guy. Oh, okay. And, and uh, I was like, yo, what's up? And he was like, man, you ain't got to piss. I'll tell him you're at a doctor's appointment. <laughs> nice. Went out got a little bag of weed. The best I ever felt in my life. Haven't taken a pharmaceutical pill since then. No shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. And you know, uh, that's what I'm trying to get to is the point where I'm no longer taking that shit. Because right now, I've gone three to five days without my meds, and it's the worst fucking feeling in the world, bro. You're like a you're like a heroin junk. Yeah. Because it, it throws your whole it's chemicals that go in your body that completely throw you off and you get dependent on them. Right. And when you don't have them anymore. Yeah. And then guys yeah. like us, I'm forgetful. I forget stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You forget to take your pills for a day. Next thing you know, you're having a bad week. Oh yeah. Well, a few days to recover off of that. And the worst part is like like you said, forgetful. My TBI fucks with my memory. So I forget to recall to renew the pharmacy. Now I gotta wait five to ten days for that to come in, or I gotta drive my happy ass to the fucking VA, sit there for three hours. But my job, you know, I could end up losing my job because I'm missing that time. So, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know, that's why I'm, I'm trying to research different uh, methods to fix myself but, naturally. Know, obviously, pot's not for everybody. People right. have jobs; it's not legal everywhere. Right. Um, but that's uh, that's that's not a big deal. The legality. I mean, it's marijuana. Right. If you're if you're a war veteran, I don't think anybody's messing with anybody. They could. I don't see it happening. Right. And if that if that dickhead cop did want to mess with you, I don't think it's going to go very far before some some DA or some prosecutor is like, man, we can't take this bad publicity. Yeah, no shit. You Maybe know, if you're doing other stuff too, but a little bit of pot doesn't hurt anybody. You know, what's worse is fucking alcohol will get you in a mind frame that's depressing. It'll fucking, you can go out there and and kill somebody, the worst that can happen to you on weed is you fall asleep and wake up hungry. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know? Bro, I love I love my whiskey probably a lot more than I should. Right. And uh, a, a couple months ago, I was thinking about trying to, to wean, wean off yeah. and slow it down. It's hard. Yeah, I've it drank is. for a long time. Even when I was in Iraq, man, I'm not ashamed to say, when we had our off days, mm-hmm. I was drinking bourbon. Hell yeah. Um, it happens. A lot of the other guys were too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons I had to stop drinking because I've been sober now a year and a half. 
was because congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. The thing is, though, it's not that I was an alcoholic. It's just that I'm a shitty drunk, and there's like no in between for me. It's either I drink a whole fucking bottle or don't drink at all, and right, right. and I was doing it way too much. So that's, that's you know, how I am. Mm-hmm. So I had a friend of mine who was telling me about microdosing. Okay, he was uh, he was a. Uh, an alcoholic, and now he's uh, sober and all that. So, well, he calls himself stoned sober. <laughs> sober, sober can mean just sober from alcohol too, you know? Right. Uh, and he started talking to me about microdosing, and well, what's, let me let me look into it. Oh, microdosing for psilocybin mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Wow, that seems a little out there. Don't know if I want to do all that. Right. Well, then you know, I tried it out, and I read about it. It's like the because of Kalowski. How do you Kowals- say the guy's name? Uh, a week ago? Yeah, yeah. Kowalczyk. He was he was talking all about it. And he was he was spot on with Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan knows and he's a huge advocate of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you fall in the wormhole just on YouTube. Yeah. And we're having technical difficulties here. His phone just paused. Give me one quick second. All right, you're back on. All right. Uh you can go down a wormhole with Google and read anything. Right. Uh, YouTube, it's all there, um, and it's great stuff to know. But I know me when I when I'm doing psilocybin mushrooms, not microdosing, mm-hmm. when I'm just eating some shrooms. It's it's like a, it's like a ride for me. Right. It brings your mindset completely back down. Yeah, that's when what I was saying. when I do microdosing. I don't want to drink. I don't have the urge to have that alcohol. I'm not tripping out. I'm not seeing anything with the microdosing. I just don't have that urge to do it. I don't even have the urge to smoke cigarettes. No shit. It's weird. Now, um, what is the legalities on that microdosing? Is that is? Ah, uh, so Denver is the king. They're they're the they're the ones who start everything. Okay. Obviously, they had they got they had the weed going first. Um, Denver just recently decriminalized the suicide mushroom. Okay. So that's not saying that they're legal, right. but that's saying that they don't care. So right. now, psilocybin mushrooms in Denver have blown up. It's everywhere out there. Hmm. Uh, matter of fact, about a month ago, I was at a concert in Denver, and uh, I ate a big, big handful. <laughs> and uh, the concert was pretty wild. It was fun. I really enjoyed myself. My wife was there to babysit me because I did get lost in my own mind a few times. <laughs> I didn't trip out like scary or nothing right. like that. But it was just kind of, whoa, huh? Where am I at? What's yeah. going on here? See, and, that's uh, um, that's what he was telling me. Well, um, what Kowalczyk was saying was, it's all about the set and setting, you know. Perfect. And uh, it's really got me to the point where I wouldn't mind uh, experimenting to to see what the results would be. Right, right. And with the microdosing that I do, it's more than just mushroom. Okay. So I I also take a capsule of CBD oil. Okay. And I take a THC capsule with it. Okay. Because I I mean I smoke a lot, but it helps me. I don't. It, it calms me down. Right. I mean, you know, with, at the, ultimately, that's what we want is to have our our state of mind in a place where we're not always agitated, aggravated, or hyper aware of shit. Yeah, exactly. And it, it it completely calms me down. Calms me down and makes me focus. I don't know if if you ever have ADHD moments. I think it's a symptom of the PTSD and the TBI. Okay. And uh, or it could just be how we were in the military. Right. You know, we were supposed to be hyper-focused on stuff, but I get ADHD now. You know, I I burn one, and I just focus on what I'm doing. Right. 
And that's the way I pretty much am. Once I get focused on one thing, I just get stuck to it. And I, at work, I've been called like, you know, um, like antisocial or I'm told that, uh, you know, um, I'm just the type of person I want to get shit going. Because if my mind stays idle, I, my it starts racing and having like too many fucking thoughts. And I start falling into my own fucking trap. Like I start thinking, what am I fucking doing here? Why am I stuck in this fucking place? What the fuck did I do? All this shit I did. And it just starts building up and building up. It's like a fucking Coke bottle. When you shake it, it's about to fucking explode if I don't release that stress, man. And to me, I get anxiety, not anxiety, paranoia too. Okay. You know, I'm thinking I'm thinking about all these people. I obviously have a lot of paranoia now because mm-hmm. I'm unable to work with the VAs. Right. They have me on unemployable, which is fine. They take care of me. I'm able to take care of my kids, play with my dogs all day. Right. Man, it's pretty frustrating. I'm 35 years old and I can't work. Fuck, dude. You know, yeah. I sit at home. Yeah. I feel, uh, I'm not going to say like less of a man, but you know, my wife's got a job and I'm the one that is at home doing the dishes and, right. On, but I don't even do that very well. Sometimes <laughs> I'll just sit at home and drink whiskey. So, yeah. you're Mr. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, um, I, at work, they made accommodations for me because I have certain criteria that I need were in my office. Like I gotta be facing a certain way. My back can't be towards people and I can't be in a fucking mix. And you know, it's hard to explain to people like why I'm like that, but I know you understand and other folks out there understand, like it's just the setting that we're in, that we were in. We don't like to be in that gaggle like that, especially around. I did did try working one time about three years ago, Mm -hmm. two years ago. Um, it was going to be under the table. I was going to be a bouncer at a bar. <laughs> that would have been a good job right there. <laughs> so I took it serious, man. I didn't I, I didn't drink the day before, the day that I was going in. I took it serious. Well, let me back up. When I did the interview process, they said, bring in your resume. <laughs> what resume? I, did he do 14? I joined, I joined the Army when I was 17, and I haven't done a thing since I got out. I don't have a resume. Right. So exactly what you just said. I, I took in my DD-214. <laughs> For real. And uh, they said on their ad that they that former military was preferred. Come to find out the owner and his wife, he is a prior Marine. Okay. Um, I don't think he served anywhere. I think fucking he did... Uh, uh, not Kuwait, but one of those other fake deployments, like Bahrain or something. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> right. Um, fake deployment. <laughs> look, you know it's true. <laughs> it is. I mean, Korea sucks. Korea ain't even a fucking deployment. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh. now with the, with the coronavirus. I don't know. What <laughs> All right. Hey, motherfuckers are going to come back with uh, compensation from that next. <laughs> they might. They might. Well, this guy, look, he's looking at my, my DD-214, and he's fucking freaking out. And I'm like, huh? Fucking DD214. Right. And and then he, do you mind if I ask you how you got a BSM? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I did get a BSM, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I was over there. I did what they told me to do. Right. You want to check away? Well, I don't know. I don't think about that kind of stuff, really. I'm not one of those cats. No, no offense to anybody. I don't have my fucking ERB on the back of my truck. Right. For everybody to see. That's fucking retarded. Oh, you know what's funny is just to cut you off real quick, that was actually going to be the midweek memo I was going to go off on uh, on Wednesday. Was the thank you're welcome for my service, people. Yes. I kid you not. I saw this motherfucker wearing his ribbon stack on his lapel, like a mini size of a stack. 
And I'm going to say that story for the next midweek memo. But when I saw that shit, like, are you fucking kidding me? His highest wow. shit was an Arcom. Oh, my God. Not even well, you know, an Oakley. I called the ERB on, the back, on their back window. Right. <laughs> you can put up a little something saying that you're retired. Or, but, right. but when you have, I, yeah, get into that next week. Yeah, I got that. I'm sure they'll have stuff. Well, the first night I started working at this place, the owner and his wife were drunk. Mm-hmm. They hand me a shirt that's a double XL that says security. Right. I look like a little kid wearing his daddy's shirt. <laughs> I tuck it in to make it look a little bit better. Right. And the lady's like, oh, you don't have to tuck your shirt in. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> I need to be professional about what I'm doing. Right. Because if you look like a badass, people are going to think you're a badass, right. even if you're not. But if you look professional, they're going to think you're professional. If you look. And we're having that Kansas type fucking delay again where he paused. Okay. There you go. We're back. Yeah. Well, like I said, if you look like an idiot, they're going to treat you like an idiot. Yep. So try to look professional in anything that you do. Well, the owner was drunk telling everybody in the bar, look at my new uh, door guy. He's a war hero. He's got a bronze star, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, Lordy, what's happening here? Stop, man. I'm, I'm trying to pretend that I don't hear him. Right. And it's just not stopping. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not that person who likes to go around and announce it. I guess I shouldn't have brought on my DD-214. No shit. God damn. Well, got off work at 2 o'clock in the morning, got home, and got into a bottle. Of course. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, you ended up going out of work and picked up the bottle, and then what ended up happening? I uh, I, I had a few phone calls with them, and I, my mindset wasn't right. Uh, kept drinking sent a mistaken text message to her that was supposed to be to my buddy calling her some choice words. Oh, shit. Wait, you were texting your buddy, but it went to the person you were texting about. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, damn, yeah. I guess you didn't have a job the next day. No, well, I mean, I told her, like, fuck this. I'm not fucking, you know, we're good here. Mm. I don't need it that bad. Well, it was like 30 minutes away. They wanted to pay me ten dollars an hour. Oh, get the fuck out of here! That's not even worth the gas. It wasn't, man. It really wasn't. So, like I said, that's probably why the VA has me as unemployable. They know that I don't. I'm not going to work out well in those situations. Yep. And if you did end up trying to fucking work, you end up in jail. Right. Snapping right, on right, a motherfucker, right. or worse, the fucking loony bin. Yep. Yep. So I'll just let them pay me to be a little crazy. Fuck it. I'll keep on. I'll keep on with my microdosing and my weed. There you go. <laughs> we got a little farm out here in Kansas. I raise pigs. Uh, we have a big vegetable garden in the in the spring and summer. Oh shit. Uh, oh man. So you, you got something that keeps your mind active while you're out there, then? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You know, hopefully one day there'll be a different type of garden out here too. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna have to change everywhere eventually. Yeah, eventually it's got the the country's got to catch up, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, they, so then, uh, go ahead. Uh, recently, you know, within the last like week or two, we've had uh, everybody's been getting back together from Whiskey One. Okay. Because okay. we found out that one of the guys that we were there with passed away. Right. Um, some of y'all might know him. A guy named Patrick Luskin. He was uh, he was around for a while, and uh, yeah, I think he just got pretty sick and, and, and passed. It was real unexpected to everybody. Yeah, I actually saw some of that um, uh, on the social media. From, you know, the mutual friends we have. And I had never met the guy, you know, uh, but I had heard his name while I was out there. Again, Whiskey One, 
It's right. synonymous right. with one nine and so also with that name. Uh, it was, you could tell everybody on social media was kind of shocked by it. And so I took that as an opportunity to try to bring everybody back together. And I made a page for patrol based whiskey one. Okay. And it's just for veterans who were there. Mm-hmm. And then when we can reconnect, share pictures and talk and all this other kind of stuff. Right. And it's right. turned out really well. It's turned into a lot of reconnecting with people and talking. I probably spent a lot more time on my phone than my wife would like. <laughs> right. It happens. But, I mean, that's the good thing about, um, I don't want to say the good thing about it, but about having those pages in social media, it, that's what it's for, to keep us connected in a certain way. You know, yeah. it, we don't want to have to just come together when there's a death. You know, that's what we're trying to avoid. And that's a good thought that you came up with, you know, getting everybody together in that one setting. Right, right. And, then, you know, it, it's going well, I think. I had to make one rule on the page, and the one rule that I made was... Uh, no lying. Right. We were all there. Your battle buddies know the truth, too. Right. They don't tell no lie. And it's rough out there. Some people like, uh, they like telling some war stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sound like somebody, like people going to the VFW making shit up that they heard other people talk about. Man, I, I swear that's what it is because it's happened for years. There are people, like you said, you were never at Whiskey One. Right. There were people who sat around guns after the fact, when you were around, and they told stories about Whiskey One. <laughs> and people listened in. Mm-hmm. And they tried to include themselves on these stories. I had a cat message me a couple years ago. Hey, Sergeant Satterwhite, you remember me? No, man. I don't. Right. I was at Whiskey One with you. I'm looking at the name. And I don't fucking remember you. At all. Doesn't ring a bell. So I started reaching out to a few of my buddies. Right. You know this guy? Yeah, I know that guy. He wasn't with you. What it was, was he was in my old, another cat, Lugo. He was uh, he was in Lugo's section. Gotcha. And was sitting around the gun, they used to tell stories. Right. So he would memorize these stories, and he would think that if he knows enough of the details, right. people aren't going to call him out on it. <laughs> Wow. So he's basically saying, like, for example, taking Lugo's perspective of a story and fucking incorporating himself in it. Inserting himself in. Goddamn. I mean, I've heard that, you know, that that mimicking somebody is the best form of flattery. But I I guess it is, man. At the same time, that's a quick way to get your ass whooped. Well, I just (laughs) the, the worst part about it that I've talked to other people. I don't understand why. Because a lot of these guys served, and they served legitimate. Right. Don't have to lie to make stuff up. Even at Whiskey One, yeah, we might have done some cool shit. Right. There was a lot cooler and sexier people over there than us. Right. We were an artillery unit. We didn't get to do much, much, you know? Right. Well, the thing is, because they want to have a story. You know, they they, they always want to have a story. Um, I'm telling you, I, I vented about this. I ranted about this about a week ago or two about a guy that legitimately served in 277 with me in 05 through 06 in, in Baghdad. And, you know, yeah, we were gun, we were gun truck platoons. We patrolled up and down the motherfucking Tampa, up and down Irish. We did our job. But right, right, that right, wasn't right. enough for him. This motherfucker ended up putting on a goddamn Ranger tab, airborne, <laughs> air assault. He had a fucking CIB. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no fucking way. Because this guy... How are you going to pass the Ranger School Airborne Aerosol? You can't even pass your PT test. You couldn't even finish a battery run. And the way I know that he couldn't finish a battery run, because I was a fucking, I didn't finish a battery run. 
I call myself right, Falcon, right, right. you know what I mean? I was about to say, man, I remember you being back with the fallout. I was the first <laughs> missing out to say, I got the fallout. I got him. I got him. Straggler, baby. <laughs> you were always back there with me. Hell yeah. So, you know, when I saw that shit, I'm like, dude, you don't have to lie about that shit. And, and that's what I don't understand. Like, like you said, you know, there's motherfuckers that sit around the gun line, pick up other people's shit. Why? Why are you doing that bitch move? You know? I have no idea. Unfortunately for us, out of Whiskey One, we didn't have enough people. Uh, especially in some of the support roles. Right. So we had, uh, I think Major Underwood requested that they they, they send us some people from uh, BSB. Okay. And so we got a team. Soft, man. People are going to hear this and not like what I've got to say. Fuck man, I could talk to any of the other pipe hitters that were at Whiskey One. The teams that we got in to augment, they were all soft. <laughs> soft as shit. And they were there for short periods of time. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't spend the 14 months there. They spent three months there. Right. Two there, something like that. But for them, that's their greatest. That's their highlight, really. Yeah. And they were probably there. Or you know what? It's probably a dude that was fucking on a convoy. Stopped there real quick to go and resupply y'all. And then left. And I'm like, yeah, I was at Whiskey One. That's like me saying, yeah, I went to Cop Monty. I was there for a few hours. You know, uh, on the gun line with them just to shoot the shit. And then I went back to my fucking fob back on uh, in Gambury in Afghanistan. I'm not going to say I was fucking out there shooting into the mountains when I wasn't. You right. know what I'm saying? Right, right. I don't know. One of, these, one of these cats, I swear he was a medic with us for about three months. He called me the other day and asked me if he could put me down as his supervisor. Oh, shit. Because he's got a job with the VA and he needed to get uh, a clearance done. Okay. And I'm like, man, you were with me for like three months. Right. You weren't even like, I wasn't your boss. I was the fucking platoon sergeant on patrols, but that's about it. Right. I mean, I didn't even see you do your job. How am I going to put my neck out there for you? You know? shit according to him. <laughs> he done his job. She <laughs> yeah. did. Uh, but... Yeah. I don't want to dime people out too much, man. I'll there were there were a lot of good people at Whiskey One. I mean, I'll say a few names of great people. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Lawson. You remember Sergeant Lawson, right? Sounds familiar, probably. I'd have to see his picture. I think he left similar time that I did. Okay. After that appointment. Um, Sergeant Keller. Sergeant Keller is just a rock star. Right. I already said him. Um, first Sergeant Childers. Mm-hmm. He was a rock star. All the lieutenants were pretty good. Highstrom. I remember Highstrom. Yeah, cool ass dude. Me and him, we had we had an issue on his first day in the unit. Whoo, he he questioned me as the platoon sergeant mm-hmm. on the net. Everybody. Oh, and, oh. Then, and then he tried to give me a counseling statement when we got back to the patrol base. <laughs> I balled it up and threw it at him. And then he's gonna take me to the commander and first sergeant. Are you serious, dude? When the commander found out what it was about, he said, "Go away, sergeant Satterwhite." And he started screaming. <laughs> hey, it was a little miscommunication. We got it taken care of. Right. I mean, I, I think officers have this idea that they did watch too many movies where maybe in infantry units, they run shit the way they're supposed right. to, but not on the gun line. On the gun line, go go, go to the FTC, chief. <laughs> you know, go hang out over there because... I don't care. I don't care if you are the platoon leader or not. You're not in charge. Right. Folks in fucking charge of that. Place. The only thing he's in charge of is PowerPoints. That's it. <laughs> shit. Yeah, man, we are. Uh, I'm not even going to tell that story here right now because um, in Mosul, we had a, a certain PL was mildly retarded. 
Um, I think you had already left. I'll say his name. Nah, I'm not going to say his name, but he was mildly retarded. Let's just say this motherfucker had an ND in front of the commander. Can't be worse. You probably don't remember Pope. He was before you. Yeah, I don't remember Pope, Pope, this this idiot that was in Kuwait, and he got lost. Oh out there driving on the, you know, and there's, there's, there's big empty nothingness and shit. <laughs> right. But he, I mean, I get it. I think he had a dagger too. I don't know how he got lost. <laughs> Anyways, they're trying to find him. They're trying to find him on the radio. I, I hand to God, where are you at, Lieutenant? I'm underneath the moon now. Nah, <laughs> 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 no, not making it up, dude. Hand to God. What the fuck? You want to start going tracking, 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 tip? What the fuck? I guess so, man. But the thing is, I think he was still driving, and he waited until he thought he was right underneath it. Oh, what the so fuck? I'm underneath the moon now. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. He wants you to pull out a motherfucking, uh, what, the, the, the Amy Circle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know what? You can't spell loss without the fucking LT, man. God damn. <laughs> God we damn. had good. Captain Morgan. He was around. He was a lieutenant, and then he made captain. He yeah. stayed in brigade for a while. You may have known him in Mosul. Not sure. I don't remember him too well. The one, the one, uh, the one lieutenant that I remember the most was um. He ended up getting his fucking railroad track was fucking Freeman. I remember him the most. Okay. He, yeah, he was President Hundred and all that shit. Yeah. And I remember Lieutenant Heisman. I remember he was. Uh, I think he was. He went Greek to gold, didn't he? He was, I think, wasn't he uh, Green Gold? I don't think he was. I don't think so. Mm. I mean, there were some good officers, but the NCOs were what led the shit out there. I mean, we had some really good NCOs out there when I got there. Fucking, we had Flores, we had fucking uh, Brim, uh, Tedder, fucking, um, that was in my platoon. And so, I mean, then we got Smoke Simon. That little yeah. motherfucker. Simon didn't do shit. Man. <laughs> now, Torres, fucking flow. He was a pipe hitter from yeah, 2005. Um, I remember him back then. Mm-hmm. I think he even deployed on the first one with Third ID. I don't remember. I wasn't there that right. one. But when I met when I met Flores in 05, like I said, he was a, he was a hitter that that deployment. Oh yeah, yeah. great I mean, guy. You you always wanted to have him in your corner. Oh yeah, that that motherfucker. He's one good ass dude. He's out now actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went on the trail and um I think he got out now. I know he lives out here in Texas and shit. Fucking uh but yeah, man, all great dudes, all great dudes. Um yeah. but they tried to split us up when we got back because we got that new first R. We got first R Neely. Yeah. And it was too much whiskey one talk. <laughs> so they were they they sent some people to different batteries and right. they tried getting rid of, you know, making it to where it wasn't all whiskey one veteran. Right. Because right. yeah, I guess we did talk a lot about it. But it you know, it was an important moment in all of our lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that camaraderie that you guys build. That's where fucking brotherhoods are made. You know, and when you're in shitty situations like that. Motherfuckers want to talk about being at Whiskey One, you right. know, but they were probably never there. They, they want to be there, but they probably, while they if they would have been there, would have been the ones that shit their pants. When shit I mean, the fan. 2007, 2008, we were still burning shit out of barrels and using piss tubes. Right. I mean, and this was in Iraq, not Afghanistan. Afghanistan, yeah, you can understand that. Right. Not in Iraq in 2008. (laughs) Five years after the war done started. (laughs) I mean, for real. But we were also, we were pretty crafty out there too, man. We had, Sergeant Lawson, I I swear he had an Xbox set up in his home V. Oh, damn. We lived in home, we lived in home for about four months. Okay. 
Hey, yeah, Bob Stewart was telling me last night, the, 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 the original guys from Whiskey One, we had to stand that place up. So okay. when you weren't pulling security you were fucking or, 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 or patrol, mm-hmm. you were building the base, you know, filling sandbags. Filling sandbags so we filled Hesco. Hesco's by hand. Oh, fuck we couldn't that. Get, we, couldn't get, we couldn't get equipment out there. We didn't, and operators weren't allowed to come out there. It was too dangerous. Fuck. Fuck that. Hesco's by hand, bro. Yeah, that... That's a fucking that's a mission on its own. Fuck that, man. But yet motherfuckers want to take credit for being there. They were never there. You they know? were there. Well, so I mean, I know one cat who definitely wasn't fucking there. But uh other people were were there, yeah. They 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 did a, a good job when they were there. Yeah. For just a little bit of time, man. And just a little bit. Don't don't make yourself sound like a stud when you was a dud. <laughs> I'm not gonna even say they were done. I mean, I can tell some stories that would be really too personal and not really real. right. I talked to I talked to another veteran last night from from Whiskey One, and he yeah. was like, "Man, they were soft as shit. Call them out." <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I mean, and I, but again, I mean that that's that's the shit that united y'all, man. You know, that's the right. glue that bond y'all. So I could definitely see where the uh, where the anger would come out when motherfuckers would try to integrate themselves into something that they didn't belong to. Right, know? right. And that's and it's just the same way out here in the fucking real world too. That's how veterans have to stick together. You know, it's like those stolen valor type of cats that they want to fucking integrate into shit that they've never been in, and then they wonder why we get pissed off at them. Right, right, right. I ain't got no problem with you wearing a fucking BDU top or a field top or anything like that. I got a problem with you trying to get a goddamn discount. When, you yeah. know, you never serve in your motherfucking life, you know, that well, I have an issue with. <laughs> it kind of goes the same, the same, along the same lines with, uh, you'll see these cats wearing 5'11 tactical pants and, and they got their hats with their, their patches on it. <laughs> yeah, right. They're tactical, they're tactical belts and shit. Yep. And then you'll see another guy walking around with flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt and a beard. Yep. Which one yep. was the operator? Exactly. You know what I mean? yep. Exactly. Trust me, when I get into that podcast that I'm doing that for that next week, I'm gonna touch on all that shit because it's, it's just stuff that's crazy. It, I don't I don't understand it, man. I mean they they're fucking faking the funk. Why? Be happy with what you did, man. You know, yeah. I was a cannon cocker. Infantry calls me poke all the fucking time. And I'm okay with that because you know what? When the infantry wasn't shit and it needed artillery. They called us and they'd be like, hey man, thanks a lot, brother. You saved our ass out there. You know? Yep, yep. I'm okay with that. I chose my job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One, uh, I want to add another thing. Yeah, man, go ahead. So a couple months ago, I was drinking and I decided I agreed to do the Baton Memorial Death March. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah my I saw motorcycle that. club brothers. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, Baton Memorial Death March is a rough march that happens. In White Sands, New Mexico, White Sands Missile Range, and it's twenty six point two miles with a thirty five pound pack. So I've been getting ready for that, and that's man, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> well, that beard's probably weighing you down too. I, t- I tuck it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> be more aerodynamic if you shaved it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yesterday I did. Uh, 15 miles with 48 or 58 pounds. Oh shit. And, yeah, my legs are on fire today. I bet. I'm walking around like an old man still. If you hear any kid in the background, it's my son. He just out here laughing and giggling. I apologize. No, I don't fuck that. My kid, my kid. <laughs> but anyway, yep, right. So yeah, I mean that that death march that now is there like um 
a fund for that or anything like that, that, that you guys raised money for or anything like that? Yeah, we actually, we, we decided to try to raise money for the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Okay. And right now, that's a, that's a really important thing because if you think about it, some guys just got uh, green on blue in yeah. Afghan. And then I think two other ones recently got injured too. It just happens all the time. And yeah. the Special Operation Warrior Foundation, they raise money for the families. Okay. Um, so God forbid somebody pass away and they, they're, they're, their kid's going to have a scholarship or right. they're going to they're gonna take care of the family. Right. And with today's uh, mindset in the military, how people are deployed, I'm not saying regular guys don't get messed up still too. Right. But the, the percentage of Special Operation warrior, Warriors that get messed up, yeah. They need our help. And uh, how do they go? So we're, we're donating money. We have a GoFundMe account, and I guess I can send you a link, but yeah. it's pretty easy to search, too. Uh, my motorcycle club is called the NAM Knights of America. So if you just type in NAM Knights Baton, B A T A A N, it'll send you to the link. Okay. Everything's going. We're, our goal was $5,000 to Special Operations Warrior Foundation. We're about halfway there. Okay. Y'all hear that, listeners? If y'all can. Go uh, to the not na- go Google Nam Knights Baton and let's help some brothers out here, man. Let's help them get that money. Be I that appreciate it, it, man. It's, yeah, the it's on March fifteenth. I'm a little nervous about it, but I think I'm gonna be able to do it. Hell yeah! You got the heart for it, brother. I mean, if your heart's as big as your beard, you'll get it done. <laughs> I appreciate that. Fuck yeah! What else is there, man? We got about a good ten minutes. Shrooms. I mean, we can get back into that. Oh yeah, yeah definitely, man. Great. Shrooms are definitely um, something I'm thinking about a, a lot of uh, because, well, like my buddy was saying that one day, the thing is that it got so fucking taken out of place by the hippies, which I know I know you're a hillbilly hippie now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm kind of a little hippie now. I love the Grateful Dead. Uh, there's nothing wrong with smoking a bowl and just – now, you can't listen to the studio versions. It's got to be all the live stuff that you all can right. still find on Spotify. But uh, I enjoy doing that, and, yeah, me and him might fight about the – uh, mushrooms and music festivals that's the best place <laughs> it's the best place hell yeah um you know it, it there's a lot that's I, i'm trying to get like uh the awareness out there that there's more to fucking getting out yeah the transition is a bitch you know the yeah. transition is a bitch coming out of the military because you have a certain state of mind you know and trying to bring that to the civilian world yeah they're understanding but they really don't understand us you know, it's like I said one time, you know, I've never felt more alone than when I've been in a group of people because I have absolutely nothing in common with them, you know? Right, right. So fucking, uh, if, that would just lead me to the fucking bottle. And I would just drink and drink because that was the only way that I could fucking feel, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could catch a fucking feeling. And uh, right. so, but that led me to get into more problems. So I'm trying to find a way to up and get off the fucking pills. Excuse the yeah. kids in the background. So yeah, man. I mean, do me um, just ex- expand a little bit more on the on the mushrooms if you if you can while I go take care of these kids. <laughs> mushrooms and THC. Yes, uh, we're taught from the whole time that we get in the military that you can't that that obviously you can't do that stuff. Weed's bad for you. Mushrooms are bad for you. Right. And you know, in today's age, they're really not as bad for you than the other things that they're giving us. I mean. Uh, barbiturates, uh, Xanax, Ativan, Klonopin, that stuff is terrible for you. And much less the guys who are hurt physically 
when they have them on all kinds of oxys and all this. I can't tell you how many soldiers I know who have developed a heroin problem. And, and the, the military is, did that to them. And I think it's because obviously they can't fucking market it. They can't make money off of it. Right. And I mean, that's a whole other fucking conversation there, yeah. I think. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but if, if you learn... Once you get out, hey, weed might not be that bad for me. Weed could be a lot better than these pills that they're giving me. Uh, it is. I know for, in my opinion, it, it has been. And it's probably saved my life. I don't know if I was ever hardcore suicidal. Right. But uh, I think if I had to stay on those pills too much longer, I, I could have been. Right. Uh, I was on, Rimeron was this really weird sleep pill that gave me extremely vivid dreams. Oh, shit. That, that I couldn't really remember. But I knew when it was happening that they were extremely vivid and, and fucking weird. Right. And I mean, I do mushrooms now and it's not even that fucking bad. Right. Uh, That's fucking crazy. Dude. I mean, I'm not advocating people go out and do all this stuff or, or acid or any of that. That shit's weird, man. Acid, acid is chemicals. Right. So it's got a chemical, chemical feel to it when you're, if, if you do it, when you're doing it or whatever. And afterwards, you're going to feel that it's a chemical. Sure, psilocybin is a chemical too, but it's a natural it's fungus. It's a natural chemical, yeah. Natural fungus. I mean, like the hippies say, if it came from the dirt, it don't hurt. So, you know, weed, shrooms, you're pretty good with that kind of stuff. Indeed, you've been using this shit for years, right? You can't, you can't mess around with even other recreational drugs because people are putting fentanyl in it. You can't do anything. So yeah. what's the point? Stick with natural. You're not going to have fentanyl-laced mushrooms <laughs> right. well i guess they could shake it on i don't know I don't, but you know natural fungus is just fine for you hell yeah i mean that make the now don't go trying to find a cow patty and eat that fucking shroom right exactly it, it exactly. don't work that Look, way google's pretty easy and like i said they decriminalized in denver yeah you ever make a trip to denver it's not that hard to find mushrooms <laughs> they're around there hell yeah well, man, I do appreciate having you on the podcast here this week. Um, this week, and you know, I want to have you back on again. Maybe we can shoot, shoot the shit a little bit more, get some more stories out there. Um, any, yeah. any any shout outs you want to give? Any uh, any anything you want to call out before you dip out? Uh, not really. Just if you were one of those soft ass dudes, I'm sorry. You know you were, but <laughs> yeah, I don't. They probably won't even hear this because they, they know I'm involved in it. Or I. I yeah. So basically, check it out. If you were at, if you weren't at Whiskey One and you say you were, you basically a baby bat bitch for lying <laughs> about shit that you never did. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't at Whiskey One, but I can't stand a motherfucker that makes shit up. Be a motherfucker, man. Have the balls and say, you know what? I wasn't there. I thought I was there because I wanted. To, I said I was there because I wanted to be more manlier. At least say that. I'll have more respect for you to call yourself out and say I lied because I wanted to be there. Versus you trying to continue a lie that you weren't there. I don't know why anybody would want to fucking be there. Exactly. Be, exactly. Well, but I yeah, shout out to all the Whiskey One guys because they were the fucking real heroes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, and y'all be easy. All you, all you Whiskey One cats, you know, the ones that I that I t spoke with, like Easy, uh, Lugo, Waterman, all them cats, man. Hey, y'all be easy out there. Stay safe. Stay in touch. Keep in contact. You know, there's no reason to have a something negative bring y'all together. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully something like this, you know, you guys want to fucking come onto the gun line and shoot the shit with me on the gun line at gmail.com. Hit me up. Anybody got some questions here for old Satterwhite? 
hit me up again on the gun line at gmail.com. I'll make sure he gets the messages and make sure y'all go over to the Nam Knights uh, baton and find that GoFundMe. Put some fucking funds in there. Let's help out these vets. Let's help out these vets' fucking families, man. At the I end of the day, that's what they're all about. So with that being said, thanks for joining us here on the Gunline Podcast. Rounds complete and the mission. Gunline out.